Hey Soma Church, I am in this episode interviewing Aaron Lentz, who is the lead pastor of Athens Church in Columbus, Indiana, which is another Sojourn Network church and a church that has uh, been always aligned with uh, someone in town. We get into that in the episode, uh, but I wanted to jump in to also tell you we record this episode in a park outdoors uh, due to COVID and all that stuff. And so there's oftentimes cars going by. Uh, there's a, a moped that starts up very loudly at one point. Uh, but that's kind of our trademark at this point. Uh, a terrible audio experience, but the best content around, really. You know. So um, either way, whether you think that's true or not, uh, just want to make you aware of that. But it is definitely a listable episode, as well as you get some nature in our nature cast as well. So hope you enjoy. Hey, Summit Church, we are jumping on for a midweek podcast, and this week I'm excited to have a guest, which is the pastor of Athens Church in Columbus, Indiana, Aaron Lentz, and Aaron is a personal friend as well as, I mean, we, from the very beginning of Soma Downtown, Soma Downtown and and Athens Church, it feels like our, our destinies and our lives have been intertwined. We did a residency together, we traveled together. We laughed, cried, all the things in between together. And yeah, we launched within six months of each other. So it's uh, always exciting to uh, just, uh, we always enjoy getting time together. And so I knew I was getting this time with Aaron and I called him up yesterday and I said, hey, I would love to just have you on the podcast. And I just asked him like, you know, is there any topic or thought or something that maybe you've been working through or God's been Spirit's been putting uh, in your mind and your path and intersecting you with, and and uh, I'm excited about this conversation, but Aaron, I'm going to let you set it up. Well, thanks, Kent, for having me on the podcast, man. It is um, good to be with you. Any excuse is a good one to be with you, <laughs> um, but uh, man, love... That's what uh, I say, by the way. I yeah. say that all the time. <laughs> Any excuse is a good excuse to be with me. But no, I love uh, Summer Downtown and um, pray for you guys often and mm. just so thankful for the work that the Lord's doing there. That's true. They sometimes contact us and say, what can we pray for you at Athens? Uh, or We're going to pray for you for City Renewal, just like we do City Renewal, they do. And they'll like say, like, what do we need to pray for you for? So just like, that's not just a lip service. Partnership in the gospel, man. Yep. Um, yeah, so Kent called me yesterday and I uh, was glad to hear from him. And uh, he was asking me kind of just, man, what could we possibly talk about on the podcast? And um, I, most recently, this is a lesson that I've learned multiple times and, uh, have quickly forgotten, uh, <laughs> multiple times, but, um, you know, I think I have a tendency, uh, to, especially moments where I'm stressed or, uh, moments when a global pandemic is happening. Cause that happens all the time too. Yeah, right. But, um, moments when I feel out of control or I feel like other people are feeling out of control I I feel like I have a tendency to go into this kind of leadership mode to where it's like okay well how can I uh, step in and resolve the tension they're feeling or the Uh, frustration that they're experiencing or how can I fix this problem that they're dealing with and um, and I will try to do that I will attempt to do that and oftentimes I realize that I'm not usually able to Uh I'm not usually able to resolve the tension or fix the problem or you know kind of alleviate what they're feeling um and I get frustrated then at yeah. that point. It becomes my problem, not just their problem. Right. And uh, I realize that oftentimes I 
try to lead people. And by leading people, I mean I try to solve those things. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't do a good job in actually loving those people in the mm -hmm. moment. So uh, something earlier this week the Lord was just um, convicting me of. And we're in the book of Philippians now. Just start a series there. We're thinking about doing Philippians. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, the, good. I'll just steal your stuff. Yeah, do it. <laughs> please do. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and... But I just think that uh, oftentimes um, I will try to lead people without loving people. Um, and mm -hmm. oftentimes when people are struggling or they are dealing with frustration, they don't need you to lead them as much as they need you to love them. Mm -hmm. And um, I am realizing more and more that God isn't calling us to be great leaders. He's calling us to be great lovers mm -hmm. and, of people. And um, that's something that... Uh, like I said, I've I've knew before, I've learned before, uh, forgotten many times, and had forgotten it in the midst of this pandemic, and realizing that uh, God is calling me not as much to lead, but to love. And uh, I think as Kit and I discuss this topic, I think we're, what we're going to realize is that uh, to lead people is to love people. Mm. Um, so you think that's what we're going to get to at the end of the conversation? I think, All right. I think All right. That's no, it. this is good. This is prediction. Yeah. It's recorded now. So. <laughs> uh, okay. That's, that's, I mean, I love, I love, like when you said that, like I'm learning to like, I need to love people versus lead people. I was like, oh yeah. Like that's like, I think in line with a lot of where the spirit has been like leading our church in the last several years, but then maybe even in a heightened way since COVID started. But I guess let's press into that because that can be a catchy phrase. Like when you say love, not lead, what do you mean? Yeah, I mean, I think it, you know, it all starts with how you're defining certain words. Mm -hmm. So leadership, pursuing leadership is not a, it's not a bad thing yeah. um, with the right definition. Yeah. Um, but when you turn leadership into nothing other than just managing people's tensions or mm. resolving people's problems yeah um and you take the love aspect out of it uh. um then it becomes very much well let me just fix your external realities but not let me but i'm not going to address your heart mm -hmm. i'm not going to address your pain or i'm yeah. not going to address um your hurt or uh your hopes or your dreams i'm just going to hopefully make you feel better for a minute yeah and that's i mean like for context for everyone who doesn't know Aaron, Aaron is like a, like, if he can't solve the problem, it's not meant to be solved. Like <laughs> he and Tayshawn are in the similar level of just, they're grade A, like they can dream the solution. They can implement the solution. I've been very jealous of both of them in all of my life because of this, all of my life knowing them. Uh, because me, it's just like, I can dream a high lofty vision, but I can't implement it worth anything where yeah like every time I sit down with Aaron like he's always got a creative solution a creative technological like app or something that he's working to integrate to implement and I mean for any of you who've been down I've heard I've talked to some of you who go down to Athens and visit like maybe when you're in Columbus or just like just to kind of check it out and you'll come back with these ideas like they're doing this and they're doing that and they're doing and you guys are always like so much further down innovative creative solutions than we are but so like you're saying in this time we're like even when you're doing all that you're finding like you're hitting the roadblock of like yeah people are like saying like okay you've you've gave given me the fish 
but you haven't loved me while I fish. I guess maybe it's yeah. the way that we change that. I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think um, people want to uh, be seen. They want to be heard. Mm. They want to be understood. Okay. And oftentimes, um, you know, when we put our leader hat on, we have a temptation to just think, oh, I think I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I think I know what you want. Yeah. I think I know where you should go. Yeah. I think I know what you should do. Yes. And I, we have a temptation. God loves you, and I have a wonderful plan <laughs> for your life. That's exactly. <laughs> yes, right. Yes. God loves you, and Aaron has a wonderful plan the for your life. The emphasis on the I have a wonderful plan for your life. <laughs> yes, right. Yes. And God loves you, so, <laughs> so quit complaining. <laughs> yeah, and, but the reality is, is we don't need to just assume where people are or uh-huh. what people want or where people um, need to go, but uh-huh. we need to actually enter in and have conversations with these with people and and actually hear them yes like truly hear them uh and listen to them and just understand uh what is frustrating them what is their hopes what is their plans what is their dreams like what are they lamenting right now Uh and uh burdened about like um and not just assuming those things yeah and that is a that is a um of course, an, an approach that might take longer. It's uh-huh. an it's approach where you have to humble yourself and really be teachable to like, uh, let me, uh, help me to help you. Yes. Like, um, let me know how I can come alongside you. Uh-huh. Not just assume that you are a gift to this person and that you have uh, something <laughs> to bring to this person that is uh, of value, but uh, come to them humbly, teachably, realizing that... Um, you might be a gift in some form or fashion. You might be an asset to them. You might just be a helpful presence. Uh-huh. But um, more than anything, like they're going to edify you, and you're going to uh-huh. find um, that person to be a gift to you, even as you think you're trying or attempting to be a gift to them. Um, oh, okay. So I was at the beginning when you were talking about that, and just this last response, I was thinking what you were you were essentially boiling down to like loving people versus leading them is like listening to them but it goes beyond just listening in the sense of like loving people is I mean I guess this would be basically like Paul's definition of like I want to assume that you have more to add than maybe even I do in this situation I well I guess maybe is that what you're saying and if you are saying that like how because I think a lot of times people assume like what you're talking about with leadership like I need to give clear direction I need to get clear maybe even management or clear structure and you know what you're talking about almost sounds like this is just the wild west of like well what you know like release your inner you and your inner eunice and and like how do we all get on the same page together uh you know you don't have to solve every leadership problem in the world uh, in the next hour but we'll just uh yeah we'll press in and see where yeah i think uh you know the when we think of leadership, sometimes we think of hierarchical, uh-huh. kind of top-down. Yeah. And I think, um, I imagine loving mm-hmm. leadership uh, more as sitting across the table. Okay. And mutually edifying one another. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that, that idea of um, we are truly better together and mm-hmm. there is an opportunity for us to listen to one another, hear from one another, mm-hmm. and then respond to one another. Uh, in a way that is um, thankful um, and appreciative to the Lord mm-hmm. for uh, the gift uh, mm-hmm. of friendship, yeah. the gift to be understood, the gift to be known, um, and the gift to kind of move forward holding hands together. Yeah, yeah. So, 
yeah, what you're talking about then is like when I enter in, and just like I guess we should define too, you're not just talking about like how you interact with your staff. It's probably not less than that, but it's more than that. You're talking about like how you interact with your staff, how you interact with just anybody at Athens Church, like the people that, you know, you care for and that you oversee, you know, like oversee as a shepherd really. Uh, and I mean, you probably even widened that definition out to this is probably just anyone you interact with. Am I right in assuming that? I, I agree. I, um, I mean, I, I really think at times people look at themselves and maybe the church hasn't done a good job at this, but, um, don't, they don't see themselves as leaders, uh, uh, mainly because they don't have the position or they don't have maybe the, uh, the role or something like that yeah. to where they feel like, well, you know, wh- who am I like? what am I responsible for? But the reality is, it's like, that's where I think the leadership kind of conversations have, um, have taken a wrong term turn at times, because I, I think we really should be telling the church and telling one another that like, and calling us all to, to be leaders. Yeah. Uh, and by leaders, I mean that we all love one another. Well, I mean, Jesus said, uh, you will know my disciples by their love for one another. And, um, I just think, love and leadership is probably two sides of the same coin. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is for anybody. I think if, if you have permission to lead or not, or if you have, um, the, if you get paid for a role or responsibility or not, like I think as Christians, all of us are invited to, uh, to lead because we're invited to love. Yeah. So you're, that's hitting on a big paradigm shift that I have had over the last few years of really redefining what leadership is and anyone who has been at SOMA for any any number of years knows that both Nate and Deb Dunlobia quote them all the time because they've had a big impact and mm-hmm. particularly in this area they even give specific definitions for leadership that kind of gets at what you're saying like they always say first of all we we overly conflate leadership with authority mm-hmm. that those are not the same thing Yes, that most people think oh if I'm a leader, it means I have authority. It means I have authority to make decisions, and that's what a leader is. And they say, no, you're, you're putting two things together that, that don't necessarily belong together. Like, they define authority as, like, the right and the ability to make a decision. Like, I have the right and the ability to make a decision, therefore I have an authority over this decision. I have the right and the yeah. ability to call the direction we should go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the authority. However, they say leadership, completely separate from that, is influencing another to the good. That's good. And so ultimately, I don't have to have the authority to make a decision to influence another person towards good. And I also don't I have don't have to have any authority over their life. I don't have to manage that person. Now, I can maybe more effectively influence them towards good, but then I guess what we're arguing yeah, here good. is maybe even less effectively because you can too overly rely on I'm going to manage that person towards good versus I'm going to influence them towards good. Uh, because maybe influence, we're saying, is more of a loving act. Like, I'm going to enter in, and I'm going to bring what I have, but I'm going to allow them to influence me too. Like, influence is typically a two-way street, That's where right. management is a one-way street. I say it, you do it. Yeah. I give you the deadline. That's good. You fulfill it. I say jump, you say how high. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, yeah, influence is like, I want to hear what you have, and I want to give perspective, and then I want to hear your perspective, and then maybe whatever we come to is going to look more like an amalgam of the things uh, of our own experiences. Uh, maybe one time it's going to tilt towards yours or mine, depending on strengths, depending on the situation. 
Um, I mean, this really kind of gets at what we've been talking about in the spirit, uh, spiritual uh, formation series, the mini series in the spirit that we just concluded was like, yeah, if everyone comes with a different spiritual gift, everyone comes with ways that they've been designed by God to distribute the love and grace and uh, charisma of God, the Greek term being just like the loving presence and, and tenderness of God. If I have all these ways in which I can deliver that to people, um, yeah, I should assume that I'm coming to the other person. They have it too. So how can the Spirit of God influence my, the Spirit of God in me influence them, the Spirit of the, uh, God in them influence me, and then how can we co-influence a decision based off of our, how we've been gifted by the Spirit? Sounds like the church. Oh, well, <laughs> shoot. All right, we just solved it. <laughs> <There we> go. <laughs> um, just got to walk in that, right? Yeah, right. Okay, so we've, we've put out the high and lofty vision. Yes. So maybe we're, for the person who's listening, it's like, okay, this is all theoretical. This is all, like, definition of terms. Like, can we get on the ground, please? But don't you like the clouds? <laughs> yeah, right. That's another thing you'll know about Aaron. Aaron loves here? the clouds. Aaron, Aaron lives, he, he can implement, and he does implement, but he prefers to live in the clouds. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's much happier there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. No, like, you're right. we got to get on the ground. So, well, I guess maybe the best way to do that is saying, like, you're saying that God's been teaching this. Are there practical examples of interactions you've had with people where you've been doing this? And I, Yeah, and let's just say me personally right now, and then maybe we can broaden this out to other ideas or thoughts um, for, for you listening, for you, Kent, whoever. Yeah. Uh, we can just kind of think through it together but um i for me i i've realized um in this season um a text message um a check-in um goes a long way okay. like just being able to reach out to somebody and mm-hmm. just um ask them how they're doing mm-hmm. ask them uh you know how they're dealing with the pandemic um yeah. and everything that's going on and, yeah and uh just being able to check in and uh i think that that is so important uh, for me because yeah. I'm always like, hey, where are we going? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. And, um, you know, oftentimes, you know, if we're not careful, we'll just find ourselves not really conversing along the way. Yeah. But we'll just say, hey, like, yeah, are you going to that destination? Are you going to get to that place with me? Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, I've heard ministry leaders be guilty of just the only time they reach out to somebody or the only time, you know, a manager or mm-hmm. a leader over you reaches out to somebody is when they need something from you right. or uh, when they need you to do something right. uh, for them or for the church or organization yeah. or business, whatever. And um, I think that just the opportunity to say, hey, I care about your your well-being, your yeah. emotional well-being, your yeah. mental well-being, your spiritual well-being, your physical well-being. I think that has been huge for me. Mm-hmm. Now, is it the most efficient when it comes to productivity <laughs> or putting out results or yeah. solving problems? Um, no, yeah. I, probably not. Yeah. Um, but is it healthy? Is it ultimately the right place to invest your time and energy? Is it ultimately what the Lord's calling us to do and be for one another? Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's what we want to be. We want to be all that God has invited us to be, uh, not only for ourselves, but for one another and, yeah, vice versa. So, um, so yeah, send a text message. That's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no. So, I, that's actually a good way to 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 sum up that point, because I think you're right. Like on the surface, that sounds like oh, wow, that's so simple and simplistic. Like you're saying, just text people. But 
like what you said, like I've been guilty of that. Like I remember we had a member meeting uh, about a year ago where, you know, we had volunteers that were standing up and saying like, hey, we feel like we're only being communicated with when the church needs something from us. Like there's no proactive communication uh, just to like, that's filling us with fresh vision. I mean, yes, on Sundays, but still it's like, and I think what I'm hearing a lot of them were saying was just like, yeah, it's like, I'm not taking the time out of my week to like really know our membership really. And that's something I think at the beginning of COVID that all of a sudden just smacked me in the face of just like, this is really all I can do right now is like, know our membership, care for them, text them, call them, get on zoom calls. And all of a sudden we're free to do that. And that was like, all of a sudden like this, like scales falling off the eyes moment of like, this isn't COVID church. This is church. Mm -hmm. And COVID church has just made us realize that we were doing some things wrong. We were, we were wrongly proportioning our time. And so, I mean, in a lot of ways, Soma, this is me confessing. I've done this wrong in the past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a, a lot of people have heard me talk with a very rosy disposition towards COVID, always saying, like, I don't want people to die. I don't want people to lose their jobs. I don't want the political, social unrest uh, that, that causes a, uh, a lack of uh, the kingdom of God. Now, I do want social unrest that comes to the bu- building of the kingdom of God, but I don't want it that leads to, to the destroying of it. Um, but at the same time, I've also been, I think, alivened by the reality because of what you're saying now. Because all of a sudden, the things that I should, the important non-urgent tasks I should have been doing the whole time with our, with the church, all of a sudden become the important and urgent. And the urgent non-important tasks, like all of the management yeah. and all of the making sure the logistics are in place for Sundays yeah. or for events or things like that, are still in, they still have an importance, but they are more urgent than they are to those other important things. And they often drown out the important things. That's good, man. Yeah, I. Uh, it's crazy how the Lord has kind of um, kind of taken the rug right out from under us and kind of left yeah. us lying on our back. Not knowing which. And that's way true of the world, but the church is no exception. Yeah, true. Yeah, right. The American <laughs> church is no exception. Yeah, not knowing which way's up, not knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, I mean, the sum up kind of what you said. I think the Lord's re- refining His church and yeah. refining us and yeah. continuing to sanctify us and um, and not allowing us to lead in our strengths mm-hmm. or in our comforts mm-hmm. or in the ways that we have maybe in the past, but uh, is. Or ways that the American church has maybe, there's wise principles we can take from the for-profit business sector of America and apply it towards the church. Yeah. But there's been ways where we have overly applied a CEO model of pastoring and a, what I've been calling a white-collar form of church versus the blue-collar form of church, which is emphasis on relationship, discipleship, walking through suffering with people just spending non-agenda time with people knowing that the suffering is coming in people's lives and it's not all about suffering it's about walking through the good too but it's about walking through I mean so what people talk about the life on life the real thing that we talk about that never actually happens in like the vision gets cast beautifully in a white collar form of church but often doesn't ever get around to implementation because it's important but not urgent Sundays events logistics management always drowns it out in its urgency Mm-hmm. No, for sure. In some ways, I feel like we've we've had to embrace our limitations um, and our weaknesses. Now, which 
surprise god's been inviting us to do that all along um <laughs> oh. but uh yeah i think we we are not going to be able to move forward or be able to find life and uh, vitality and health um by maybe some of the things that we leaned on before yeah in regards to some of the strengths or some of the comforts or hey can't you always did this so well and yeah. like man that's that's what you're you know that's you man you're you're great at that go and, preach monkey yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and it's just like we we have kind of been humbled and all of us all, all humanity has been humbled in such a way to where it's like we're kind of awakened to uh our humanity mm. and uh our limitations yeah and i don't know in such a way to where um we have to depend more so on someone other than ourselves, and yes one another but first and foremost uh the lord jesus christ yeah and um i think that is really cool because I've been thinking a lot lately just with being in Philippians and about the joy of the Lord being our strength mm. and um, the fact that um, our strength is not going to come from, um, you know, whatever we've been good at before mm-hmm. or, you know, the kind of ways maybe even people said, man, you were so good at, you know, making sure all the coffee was at the right place <laughs> or, um, you know, you were always one of the first people you know, to show up a group or like that. I mean, like just, we've been shaken up so much. Yeah. Everyone has. Yeah. Um, and all of us, if we're honest, like we're just not at a great place. We're, we're kind of unhealthy. <laughs> and if we don't focus on, uh, finding our strength from the joy of the Lord, mm. um, and that being what moves us forward, that, yeah. that being what gets us out of bed, then I think any attempt to work, to rest, to do, um, in our own strength, is just going to be feeble and folly. Mm. Um, it's mm-hmm. not going to amount to anything. Mm-hmm. It's just going to knock us flat on our backs again, mm-hmm. wondering which way's up and wondering what do we do. So you're saying, you're not saying just that we're unhealthy now in a COVID reality when everything is, you know, hickledy pickledy to borrow a technical term from Paul. Um, but, uh, you're saying like, Though that might be true, you're saying that pre-COVID, we had all these unhealthy rhythms going on, and now God is inviting us to really, like, say, like, hey, how are we, how are we pursuing the life and vitality of the church through the definition of, like, are we pursuing the joy of the Lord? Are we we pursuing real-life community that's actually transformative, that actually is causing people to be highly involved in people's lives and actually walking through the real things of life together. It's actually causing real discipleship towards looking like the image of Jesus together and not just, yeah, doing the things that we know that we're good at, the easy measurables, which again, aren't bad, but just sometimes get magnified to like, well, I can control this. I can manage this. I can lead this, but, uh, I'm neglecting the important, necessary, and messy work of loving people, which is crazy inefficient, crazy hard, mm-hmm. goes, blows up a lot. Yep. Like, we should recognize that, too. A lot of times, uh, loving people, I mean, we all know this. If if you step in to love someone, or even someone steps in to love you, you sometimes hit a lot of people's triggers of, I mean, we have a lot of shame dynamics, a lot of things that say like, oh, I'm not worth loving, or, or no one really loves me, and, mm-hmm. and so it even blows up a lot, like, it actually is more efficient to just lead people, because 
at the end of the day, you just tell them, like, pipe down, like, put your emotions aside and just do what I'm saying versus you love people and, like, that might open a Pandora's box in them and you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's real. But regardless, it's the call of the church. <laughs> and so yep. as, as wildly inefficient as it is, I mean, I've been saying this a lot. It's like we can do the other thing, but that's like winning the preseason football championship. Awesome. Doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and, that's good. And I just get the sense like we're going to stand before God sometimes with our churches and be like, yeah, you did all this really great these great events and these great things, but like you neglected some of the work that I put before you of just like doing the inefficient job of loving people. I mean, I, I evoked this in the sermon on Sunday and the teaching on the podcast last week that like Zach Eswine in his book, Imperfect Pastor, I, one of my favorite quotes of modern quotes is like, I, it says pastors, but again, on Sunday, I, I changed it to Christians. Actually, I don't think I brought this up Sunday, but I did bring up the podcast. I changed it to the word Christians because this is true of all Christians. Christians are encouraged to do something fast, famous, and what does he say? Fast, famous, and, and big or something. Fast, big, and famous, I think, uh, where the kingdom always chooses to come through the often overlooked yep. small things done over a long period of time. And good. so he talks about like, you know, sometimes the pastor who gets off of like the big platform of speaking to a thousand people may have just done a little tiny twig in building the, the, what is the castle of the kingdom and, and the, the, the city that we're building. But when he gets off and he sits with the woman that comes up to him, that's like struggling with, you know, is, is maybe let's just go ahead and say like, this is a woman who's like, you know, like infertile, uh, been cast aside, uh, and has really no value, like sitting with her and having this long conversation, even though sometimes like this feels like, you know, this is just a one-off conversation with this woman. I'm not really doing anything. I could be doing so many more important, fast, you know, I could be writing more books. That's going to influence tons of people's lives. But the fact is, is like how many people's lives have actually changed from a book versus how many people's lives have changed because somebody actually loved you long enough to, mm -hmm. to see through all the crap that you've been putting up. Yeah. And actually push you into something that is transformative. Yeah. Which makes me think that, you know, of course, Jesus was the best of this. Um, the way he entered into people's lives and just his incarnational life. Um, but um, it makes me think that Jesus values things differently than we value things. Mm -hmm. And um, he values these kind of conversations. And he values um, opportunities to... Um, to enter in with mm -hmm. people uh, mm -hmm. more than he uh, values those people to do something yeah. for him or yeah. accomplish something for him. Yeah. And I get in this mindset so easily to where I think, okay, God, what are you wanting me to do for you? Mm. Like, what are you wanting me to fix? What yeah. are you wanting me to shape? What yeah. are you wanting me to write? What are you wanting me to say? And I feel like it's my responsibility to go, um, you know, make the Lord proud. And, <laughs> make and, your dad proud, yeah, son. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And I feel like a lot of people catch that as well. I don't think I'm alone in that. No. Yeah. But I don't think that's exact. I don't think God is actually inviting me or anyone else to go make him proud yeah. or to make sure I fix this situation or this problem or, you know, I think God is actually inviting me, um, to, recognize my need and dependence upon him yeah and realize how jesus 
enters into conversation with my heart and my soul yeah and the the dysfunctional things that are going in my life or not maybe not even dysfunctional but just the broken things that <laughs> that um are painful yeah. and hurt and maybe all god's inviting me to do is just to come alongside somebody and mm-hmm. say man like i get it mm-hmm. i understand and i don't mm-hmm. i might not even get it or understand completely what your situation is yeah but man i i recognize my limitations as well I recognize my neediness as well, my weaknesses, and uh, man, might we lean, learn to lean upon the joy of the Lord together. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that I've ever thought of it this way, but what you were talking about made me think of the fact that I often quote in sermons, like whether I quote chapter and verse it, or it's just like kind of sits under, I feel like one of the most frequent pieces of scripture I invoke is like, God is a good father who knows how to give good gifts. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason that that comes up over and over again, just little ways and little quotes and sermons and teaching or in conversations is because what you're saying is betraying the fact that you and I, and many of us often, even though we are given the instruction from Jesus that your father is a good father who loves to good give or give good gifts. We often hear your father is a disappointed father who loves to give impossible expectations. That's yeah. That is the lie. That yeah. is hundred percent though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. And yeah, this, this podcast has turned into just uh, a cathartic <laughs> unloading of two pastor souls. Uh, so, and we hope that you can find benefit from it, but I think, I think people can, cause I think, I don't think this is exclusive to pastors. I don't think this is exclusive. No, to not me. at all. Yeah, this is uh-huh. this is the Christian church, and maybe this is just the American church. Though I don't even think it's exclusive to that. I think you see this even in old. I, I think it might be uniquely necessary in the American church to have these kind of reckonings because of where the American church has emphasized productivity, efficiency, effectiveness, which is the, the those are the idols of America. So we should not be surprised to see them seeping into the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I think the Bible speaks to this because it was as true of other cultures in biblical times even. And so I think we're hitting on things that are, are universal to the human soul, uh, but are very true of the American soul, mm-hmm. not just the pastoral soul. Yes, very much so. So, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, folks, we put our pastoral pants on one leg at a time, um, levitating through the Holy Spirit, though. <laughs> so um, that's, that's reality. <laughs> well, can't, are there other ways that you can um, think of right now that... Uh, come to mind in regards to how we can kind of default more towards a posture of love mm-hmm. uh, towards people instead of a posture of uh, let me lead you somewhere yeah um, I like how you've done this I like how you've flipped the hats I, how the turntables <laughs> turn have turned. yeah this is now an Athens church podcast <laughs> and I am the lead pastor of someone downtown and I'm a guest no man I just I thought we could give people something more than yeah. just send a text message but yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. no that's good no um yeah uh, well okay uh I I just going off the cuff I think something that Sharon and I have been doing recently is we've been just leaning into things like, so in the past we've had as a part of our premarital process, uh, we have really had not a lot of like interaction with couples. We've just more, they like, we've had a couple meetings, but then they've gone through our gospel marriage class, which is true for all, like a thing for all three congregations. 
But then I had a friend and his to-be wife come to me who didn't go to SOMA, uh, come forward and say, like, hey, we'd love you to marry us. And they weren't really able to do the class. And as well as, like, they just, you know, they weren't a part of SOMA. It just, there's a lot of it that just, it could have been good for them. But I was just like, I just felt the need and I felt the closest to this friend that said, like, I want to be more, like, I just want to walk through their premarital counseling. And so... I did what I always do, and I have a problem. I sit down with Nate Dunleavy. <laughs> I'll call you, and I'll call Nate, and I'll call some other people and be like, what? I don't know what the heck I'm doing. What do, you, what do you do? And half the time, we do that to each other, and we both say, we both don't know. Yeah, and that, that's, that's and when we, you really lean on and Nate. And we go get Nate, and he instructs us both. <laughs> and, or we, you know, there's a few other people that we put in that category. But we, put, we go to those kind of Yodas in our lives. Uh, definitely some of the Sojourn Network that have been real helpful in Yodas to us, I think. Uh, but regardless, um, uh, when we do that, or we just ask our wives, <laughs> they know. That, that they tell us they know. after we've asked everyone else, yeah, talked to everyone else, and, right. and then we tell to our wives, and she's like, "Oh, you should yeah, just I do could, this." I could have told you that. Yeah, I, right. You I, should I, just. That's do what this. I've been telling you for months. Yeah, right. that is so true. Uh, we love our wives, and they are a gift to us. And sometimes we should recognize that sooner than we do. Um, quit, by the way, quit trying to lead your wife. Love your wife. Oh, I've, I've learned oh. that. I've learned that lesson. Oh, man, we're going times. another direction, but really quick, because I know what you're going there. But yeah, say yeah. that, yeah. Right. Well, I, I mean, everyone thinks the invitation that the scriptures is calling us to is to lead our wives. Yeah. But you won't find that in scripture. Like, there, show me the verse where bum, it says, bum, bum. <laughs> "Show me the verse where it says lead your wife," and it doesn't. Yeah. It says love your wife, uh, ah. and same way as pastors loving, leading the church we're not necessarily called to lead but to love so and of course yeah i'm not saying leadership's bad i'm just saying uh leadership without love is bad right but ultimately your wife should be leading and loving you just as much as you're leading and loving her and vice versa Uh, so um man well yeah yeah, sorry sorry, no that's good and you know what uh even though i fully agree uh, if you have controversial uh, opinions about that, you should contact Aaron at Athens Church. Uh, <laughs> I, that's what I do. I have guests come on and say the controversial things. <laughs> so, no, I do. I fully agree. Um, okay, so either way, we were going on to the fact of like, so Sharon and I uh, are sitting down with Nate and saying like, hey, I want to like do a better version of a premarital counseling for this couple. And he walked me through the situation just like, hey, man. Just, like, sit down. It's, like, it, it takes hours to do premarital counseling with every couple, but it's, like, we sit down and we give them hours of listening to them, walking through major conversations, things like their family of origin. I mean, getting into people's family of origin, that's probably, that could be 20 hours of conversation to scratch the surface. Now, we don't quite do that, but we will often give that conversation three or four hours and sit down with people and then move on to how to fight. <laughs> and like the rules of fighting well, because it's a good marriage is not not fighting; it's it's fighting well. Yeah, uh, and it's good. Uh, and then we'll move on to things like you know uh, role of faith and career, uh, and you know uh, all these other you know areas that we wade through. And this takes hours with people. But you know when Nate was first like laying this out for me, he's like he was talking about how he had recently done this with a couple, um, the Coyle family. Uh, as they were getting ready to go through their marriage uh, about a year ago. And he walks through this with them, and he spent hours with them. And then as many people, as those at Soma Downtown probably would recognize, uh, the Coyle family is one of the families uh, where S.J. Coyle was uh, born to uh, the Coyles and immediately put in intensive care. Uh, They didn't hold him for 
I think a month or two and really was completely unresponsive to all sorts of care for the longest time until, I mean, the doctors didn't even give a reason why anything had happened. It just coincided with about a day or two after the entirety of Soma Northwest prayed and fasted that SJ Coyle, without the doctors doing anything different, started responding to all the same tactics they were trying before and turns around and, and he goes out the hospital about a month and a half later after wow. that and is now a part of the Northwest Congregation, a part of their baby ministry right now. That's praying awesome. for babies. And, and he said, you know, in that I s- then spent many hours on end in a hospital next to Stephen Sr., you know, uh, next to Tasia. Uh, and he's like, do you think for a moment I regretted all of the countless hours I spent premarital counseling them the year before when I'm sitting there holding them in a hospital as they cry and scream out if God's kind or fair, all the while knowing he is, but yet just giving voice to the fact that it's hard to believe that right now. He's like, yeah, that way of premarital counseling is highly inefficient, but it's absolutely worth it. And it's what we're called to do. And it set me up to then walk through one of the hardest seasons of their life to date with them, with the level of trust and knowledge that I love and care about them and will give them all the time in the world. And he said that, and I'm like, okay, I'm sold on this. <laughs> and yeah. since then, you know, Sharon's actually like being like, man, we got to slow down with how much premarital counseling we're doing. Cause we're a younger church and we have a lot of people getting married, mm-hmm. but I'm just like saying like, even if this fills up so many of our nights that we have to start giving away nights that we, we otherwise are trying to hold back for other purposes. It's like, man, I'll go through with this with anyone. I mean, this is the ability to basically walk closely and shepherd people versus having them go through an eight week class taught by, taught by John and Beth Collard who are phenomenal and read a book, which is great. I mean, maybe even that can happen in addition to this, but in the past it was happening. That was it. And there was no level of doing the wildly inefficient thing. Cause I just thought, Oh man, we have too many marriages. We have, you know, too many, you know, that, that would just take too much of my time. And then I started putting it through the frame of like, but I'm not going to regret a second of that time as I walk through the life with these people because suffering is going to come and good times are going to come. And at the end of the day, that's going to establish the fact that I care about them and I'm, I'm able to step into both the good and the bad with them from then on forward. And so, yeah, we started walking through that process with several couples. I mean, you know, once a month, given three to four hours, it doesn't matter. I mean, basically as willing, as late as they're willing to stay up, we're willing to stay up and we lose sleep. And that, you know, like we just had a couple over the other night. Um, and yeah, we went to basically like midnight, you know, uh, and they just said like, you know, thanks for, thanks for your time. You know, like we realize you have a lot to do. And we looked at him, we're just like, but this is how God is, this is a way God's given us to build the kingdom right now. So thanks for spending the time with us and allowing us to be a part of building the kingdom by investing in your life mm-hmm. and, and having the relationship with us. And I mean, yeah, like they invest, I mean, they influence us. I mean, all the couples we sit down with, we have benefited from as well. Yeah. So yeah. That's good, Kent. Like... Where my mind went was I was thinking about about the person listening who doesn't feel like loved right now, who who feels like <laughs> you know they're not having those yeah. opportunities or yeah. they're not getting that text or not not getting those 
those meetings, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And um, but maybe they want that. Yeah. Maybe they want all that. And, yeah. Um, and that's why I think it has to really, we we have to understand that we're talking about the church being the church. Yeah. Not just the uh, pastor being the, the church. The pastor being the church. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, because, um, I mean, if you haven't found out yet, uh, Kent's going to disappoint you. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to disappoint our church. Um, I've got about 10 people in mind right now that just said amen if they're listening. <laughs> what's, what's, uh, what's Chandler say? Matt Chandler, he's like, if, uh, if we haven't disappointed you yet, just give us some time. And yeah. uh, he's at the Village Church in Texas, but... Uh, which, which Aaron actually interned at, like he uh, worked worked at internally. Uh, what, where you were part of Connect Connections right? Ministry? Yeah, yeah, you you interned for two years. Uh, yeah, something like that. Two yeah, years, uh-huh. right? Yeah, so you know you rubbed elbows with these people uh, who you're quoting here. There you go. Uh, I've <laughs> rubbed a little elbows with them, but but uh, you know you you worked with them and everything. And, but yeah, uh, I mean, just you're at their you know their kids' bar mitzvahs. No, that wouldn't make sense. No, not Jewish. I was, <laughs> was not. I was not. <laughs> but I mean, just to the, to understand that we really need to be this for one another. Um, we really need to create space and time for one another. Um, but we can't look to anyone as the savior, even when they pretend to be the savior, which we're guilty of at times to mm. pretend like we can, you know bring you salvation or take you to the promised land or we can love you into the kingdom yes exactly and um we just we need to make sure that the only this the savior remains the savior jesus christ and that we don't look to others to be saviors for us but to what kent said earlier that we look to one another as being gifts Mm. from god our father Mm -hmm. um and hopefully we're good gifts um (laughs) Sometimes, you know, God will use um, what frustrates you about another person to actually sanctify you and show you more of himself and mm-hmm. show you more of your sin. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's just the messy part of community, right? Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think, I think I really would encourage every single one of us to figure out how we can create more margin in our life to... Um, linger with others mm-hmm. and to slow down with others and to really press into how is one another, how is each other doing? Um, and that means that we're going to have to self reveal yeah. kind of where we're at, but also that means we're gonna have to learn to listen to hear where others are at as well. So, so look, can yeah. I parse that out? Cause I think you said something that was nuanced, uh, and really in a lot of what you're saying, um, You're saying that, yeah, you can't just trust the pastor to be the savior or uh, a few invested individuals. A, Jesus has to be the savior. Amen. So even all the stuff that I'm doing with Premier, all the text we're doing, all the relationship we're doing, like ultimately the spirit's got to be the spirit. Jesus has got to be the savior. Yeah. Uh, you can be a good gift. Right. We all can. But then you're also saying, like, because when you said, like, yeah, like ultimately we can't love people in the kingdom, as I, as I paraphrase there. Yeah. Uh, but like we are called to be the hands and feet, but you're also saying not just a few people are called to be that. All people are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So it's like we do need to actually love people towards the kingdom. We can't love them into it. We can love we can influence them towards it. But it's gotta be more than just a few people. It's gotta be the whole church. It's gotta be the whole body. So it's like 
in some ways we have a few overperformers that need to hear the message that, hey, the spirit ultimately is the spirit. You can influence people towards the kingdom, but you can't love them into it. Uh, as much as you're, if anyone could, you probably would be a, a candidate to be the one to do so. The other people listening need to hear the sense of like, hey, you need to start loving people to influence them towards the kingdom. Like, and not just allow a small group of dedicated influencers uh, you know, Instagram influencers, to, to borrow a cultural idea and concept, be the, be the small percentage who are doing it. Uh, but, but the whole body needs to be being the hands and feet. So some people need to like hear the fact like, hey, you need to love people aggressively towards the kingdom, but allow the spirit to be the spirit. Some people need to say, yeah, the spirit's going to be the spirit, but you need to aggressively love people towards the kingdom mm-hmm. because you're allowing a small percentage to do the work of the whole church when... We're all going to stand before God and give an individual count of how we were called built or how we were called to build the kingdom by Him mm-hmm. and how we spent doing it, uh, which isn't a neglect to our families. It's a neglect to our jobs. In fact, those are probably being incorporated into how we do it. Uh, but yeah. it also, and it's not a neglect to like resting and Netflix and Sabbath mm-hmm. and and vacations, but all of those are an integrated part of how we're probably at many times sacrificially serving, loving, entering in with people, giving them time, giving them space, giving them energy, even when we don't know all that we're doing, stepping up to care for people, walk with people. I mean, so many people are like, man, when I, I don't, like you're saying like, go love people. What do I do? And I'm, I'm saying to them like, 95% of it is just showing up. I agree. 95% of it is just showing up and being there and showing that people are loved. 5% of it you'll learn over time, which is, what to say, what to do, when. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think just to be honest about, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, yeah. and when. Like, yeah. like when, you, when you find yourself... Yes, we are two pastors, we do not know what to say and what to do. Yes. <laughs> so much of the time. When you find yourself <laughs> um, with, the, with the opportunity to be in the same room, mm-hmm. and uh, at the same time with somebody, and share yeah. that space and experience, I mean, I, I think just to pursue honesty as much as possible yeah. in that conversation yeah. uh, is really all we need to do because mm. otherwise we'll get back into the, the, the trick of like, well, where do I take this person? Like, where do yeah. I lead this person? You how, know, do I, how do I get them in the kingdom? Exactly. And I think it's, I think it's more so kind of just pursuing authentic relationships with one another. Um, but I also want to say that, you know, to the person who, um, might want to, um, or, or maybe just isn't finding, what am I trying to say? I just want somebody to know that um, maybe you've never seen yourself as a leader. Maybe you've never seen yourself as somebody who's competent enough to, to enter into somebody's life or somebody's situation. I just want you to know, like, like Jesus gives you permission and he's inviting you to participate yeah. and not in a way to where like your identity's on the line or like you're a bad Christian if you don't do this or because once again like the the content is love yeah the motivation is love the reason why the the aim is love and the um, empowerment is the spirit exactly yeah. so it's it's not so much of like Hey, I'm doing this because I got to prove something about myself. Yeah. Or I'm doing this because, you know, this is what my pastor is expecting of me. Or I'm doing this because this is what a good Christian does. But I'm doing this because, like, this is the beautiful invitation that Jesus Christ has invited us into to, yeah. to love and be loved. Yeah. Um, 
And I think, I think we just got to make sure that for those of you who might be disappointed with kind of where you're at or what you're doing or lack thereof, uh, I just want to encourage you to just put yourself out there in a, in a vulnerable way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it might not be received. Uh, it may be received. But at the same time, just um, the opportunity, the potential to be loved and to love one another and to edify one another, it's just it's too great to mm-hmm. not risk. I mean, to maybe put the clear handles onto all that we've said in the last five minutes on this, of again, this is just sage advice that I've received in the past of like when you say like, what am I showing up and doing? You're saying love people. What am I showing up and doing? I've received the instruction that said like, do you know how powerful it is to show up with someone, sit across the table from them, ignore your devices and actually listen to them for a long period of time? Like how many people though they, we think people get that all the time. Oh, people listen to people all the time. Like not in a way that like shows like, no, like I'm listening I'm hearing you. I'm following up with you the next day. I'm thanking you for your vulnerability. Uh, maybe I'm like listening to the spirit simultaneously. I mean, if I'm not going to be distracted by my phone, like forget it. Why don't be distracted by the spirit in the other ear, being like, "Hey, like, I want to tell them this. I want to tell them that they that that I see them." You know, uh, and all of a sudden you're a prophet. You know, you're prophetically speaking the words of God into them. And and again, it's for me that's never like this clear like God inaudibly pressing that in it's more just like it keeps coming to mind over and over and over again it aligns with scripture i'm gonna assume this is the spirit of god that wants to say this to them um but yeah just like even if i don't even get, ever get those words if i just sit across the table look people in the eyes yeah. give them my full attention that's 95 percent of it and then the spirit takes you the rest of the way with the how and the when yeah over time and you got to do anything worth doing well is worth doing poorly so do it poorly for a few years yeah start getting better that's good i always think um people come in with the wrong question i because i come in with the wrong question especially like when attending church like on a sunday gathering um often things people are asking what am i supposed to do yeah and the reality is that's not the most important question uh it's a question that needs to be asked but it's not the question that needs to be asked first and foremost the question is um, who mm. who who is God and who am I in relationship to him yeah. and we all need to answer that foundational primary question first and foremost first and foremost before we ever answer the question what do we do yeah. and I think when we're sitting across the table with somebody or if we're texting somebody or if mm-hmm. we're just sharing space with somebody we're asking we need to be asking who kind of questions like mm-hmm. who are you mm-hmm. like um like, tell me about what you're going through, what you're experiencing. Um, we're so quick to give um, advice such as, like, yeah. what, you, what, you need, what you need to start doing? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here, here, let me, you know. Let it, me tell you what you need to hear. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just, it's it's not as helpful. It's Sometimes it can be helpful, and maybe after you, you know, focus on who are they, how are they feeling, uh, what are they experiencing, then you can begin to say, Hey, um, here's a thought, here's an idea, um, here's a suggestion, but man, we, we can't skip over, go do, we can't skip over, um, who are you, how are you, what's going on in your life and just saying, well, let me, let me come in real quick and tell you all everything you need to do. Here's, here's a, like you said, a plan. I have a plan for your life. Here's step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. Um, 
we really need to um, first sit and understand who people are, who they think they are, and then mm. help them to see who they really are mm. in relationship to God. And we can only do that by helping people see who God is. Um, so hopefully some of that made sense. It makes sense <laughs> in my mind. Uh, but uh, I really You're do... speaking in tongues, man, but I'm an interpreter. So. <laughs> Good, man, interpret. But I really do think we, we have to focus on who people are and yeah. not just what people do. Yeah. And um, I think that's a big uh, shift in being, in being able to love people instead of just focusing on leading people. Hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, is there other areas that you were thinking about when I you know, first approached you about this yesterday, saying, like, was there anything like, oh, yeah, I want to get to this? Yeah, right. I don't think so. Uh, Aaron's shaking his head no, which doesn't pick up on the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, I was just thinking... Um, Yeah, I was pulling up 1 Corinthians 13. Uh. You, you, you mentioned tongues. I also mentioned premarital counseling, which invokes weddings. So yes. this verse, we, we got to quote this verse. Um, <laughs> no, no, this is good. This is actually I, I, how 1 Corinthians 13 should primarily be used. Sorry, pulling That's it okay. up a little slow. I'll edit it out, or we'll just know how slow Aaron's computer goes. <laughs> Either or. <laughs> or how, how you don't have this memorized. Really, that's the thing. Shouldn't I know, a, right? As a pastor, isn't this part of being a pastor is memorizing First <laughs> Corinthians 13? Um, uh, should be. <laughs> I'm sure there's... How many weddings have you officiated? I'm sure there's other pastors <laughs> I could point, point, the, point people to. Um, You'll notice that I'm putting it on you, and I'm not quoting it, because I also don't have it memorized. <laughs> I can tell you generally what it says. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, but 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, it says, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clinging symbol. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, um, wow. Um, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Uh, so oftentimes we, we, we uh, you know, we uh, pretend or we fake ourselves out and thinking that, you know what, I probably can move that mountain. Or, um, you know, I have all prophetic powers and all prophetic knowledge and I know all the mysteries of this world, which we don't. Um, but we do have an opportunity to love people where they are. And even if we did have those things, it says without love, um, it means nothing. Um, so... If we don't have love, if we're not loving one another, then we, we gain nothing. Mm. Mm-hmm. So. I, yeah. I mean, again, I just go back to the fact where it's like, and again, this actually is a great text to be read at weddings. But I think what we're keying on the fact is like, it gets too often relegated to nothing but weddings. And this is maybe even a more appropriate context to evoke what you're saying. Like, yeah, like it never says lead your wife it says love your wife it never says lead your people i mean i don't know there's some text that people kind of do some gymnastics with to say like well when jethro came to moses it was all about giving him a leadership plan but uh-huh. even, if, even, <laughs> if it, even if it does like even if we are saying like hey i want to lead people well sure what are we saying we are should, we saying we love should, them we yeah. should be saying by that yeah. we want to love them well yeah. 
So I don't mind the word leader. I hope you continue to use the word leader. Cuss word in my book. (laughs) (laughs) But I hope that in our definition of leadership, that love is very much at the forefront. Yeah. No, I mean, defining I, my new title is going to be Pastor of Love. Pastor of Love. <laughs> yeah, right. It just like, sounds more like a, a Sunday night, late the, night talk show host. So mine's, mine's lead pastor. Is Le- it, is lead a, pastor. Is a love pastor. Yeah, oh, love pastor. Oh, <laughs> there good. we go. Oh, yeah, that sounds even more like an MTV yeah. midnight show, Colin show. <laughs> Colin, you're on with the love pastor. <laughs> uh, uh, no, that's good. All right. This has been good. I've learned, I feel like this has been helpful for me. And that's the goal of this. I just feel like I want to get helped and people can eavesdrop on things that are helping there you me. Go. So, no, hey man. Uh, once again, I, well, no, man, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about this. And, um, you know, I'm, I brought this up, not because, uh, of anything other than it's a, it's an area of growth in my life. And I want to, I want to see the Lord, um, continue to, um, develop greater love, uh, in me, I think one of the best ways uh, the Lord does that, probably the primary way the Lord does that is by making us more aware of his love for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, in return, mm-hmm. we uh, we freely share that mm-hmm. to others yeah. um, without, you know, a kind of transactional kind of love, but more so out of the overflow of the love of the Lord has for us. So yeah. I... Uh, yeah, man, this is a, this is a, like I said, this is a lesson I'll forget tomorrow and, um, <laughs> and have to I'll, it. I'll listen to the podcast episode that we're recording Say, right whoa. now. Say, whoa. And I'll be like, <laughs> this is dynamite. oh, man, I should, uh. I, I failed at that in every way. <laughs> yeah. Later that night with my wife and with, exactly. with all the people I te- I didn't text. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, but I mean, it's a, it's a good lesson to relearn over and over again. Yeah. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to talk to you about it and yeah, yes. be interested to hear others' thoughts and. Um, how we can continue to love one another and, and yeah. be the church that Christ has invited us to be. Yeah. Too bad. This is a podcast, so this is a one-way content format. We can't hear their thoughts. So. <laughs> do you do reviews? Can, can, they, can, can they leave? Rate and review. Five stars. And even if you got a problem with what we said, five stars and then tell us your problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, they can do that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess there, there's some back and forth of this. I mean, you can text us. Every, I feel like I've texted about every member probably within the last 30 days. And if I haven't, I'm sorry. Tell me. Text me. And, uh, and I will start texting you more often. And... Uh, and so there's definitely an open street through uh, my membership. And as I'm hearing you, you're saying you're opening that much more for your membership. Uh, and, tr- and a tendership as well. Uh, yeah. If you're not a member, you can still contact us. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, essentially anything worth doing well is worth doing poorly. And anything worth learning is worth relearning over and over and over again. Um, that's good. Yeah. That's what I do. I like that. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> At pre-COVID, that's what I just came up with clever ways to say things. I didn't love people. <laughs> now I'm trying to do both. <laughs> so. oh, that's good.